0: would come forward if you would come forward we're going to gather around and uh, we're going to anoint Kenny's little head here and we're going to trust and congregation if you would just maybe extend your hand out uh, in, a, in a way of saying that we're all in this together we're all lifting him up praying together we're going to lift him up and ask the Lord will touch him. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before you and come to you, Lord, we are uh, so grateful, Lord, that you are able to heal and to help and to strengthen and do all the things, Lord, that we need in our physical bodies. Lord, as your word has told us, uh, we are to pray for those who are sick. And in this case, Lord, uh, it's not so much sickness, although Kenny has been struggling with some sickness as well, and we pray for that. But, Lord, we also um, really, uh, the biggest thing is, we want to pray for this birthmark. That, Lord, that that birthmark will stop growing, and that they'll be able to take care of it. And, Lord, really, if there's anything there, that you will just heal him, and take care of him, Lord. Uh, he's in your hands, and we're so grateful for him, Lord. He he's so precious, and he's so wonderful, and we just thank you for him. We thank you for the bird singers, and we ask, Lord, that you will comfort their hearts and minds, help them to know, Lord, in the depths of their heart that. Everything's okay because, Lord, you have Kenny in your hands and you're going to take care of him. Lord, we pray for him right now and ask that you'll do what only you can do. And, Lord, uh, that you will uh, heal him and help him and strengthen him and bless him. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. That's nice. I I, I put him to sleep. I hope I don't do that with you guys, Uh, (laughs) although if you need it, uh, maybe that's what you're you're here for, maybe God has you here to get a nice rest today, Um, that'd be fine too. Well, it's good to see you all today, welcome, Uh, we're glad that you are here. I just want to say a couple things before I really get into the sermon part. Uh, First of all, I want to uh, just say that if you're a guest with us today, we are so glad that you have joined us and uh, look forward to to getting to know you. And uh, as Pastor Doug mentioned, uh, you're invited to stop by the Give Us Ten and talk to us a little bit, and uh, that would be great. Uh, We want to welcome those who are online. Uh, Thanks for joining in today, and we're so glad that you're joining in with us online as well. And then also, uh, I, I gave a physical handout to those who are here. Well, I didn't give it to you. Myron did with his crew. Uh, but some of you, uh, uh, probably about half of the, the handouts that went out, there's a three and a four about midway down. Some of them are one and two. Some of them are three and four. If you got a three and four, just don't, don't worry about that. that that's n- nothing to be confused about. Uh, <laughs> It's just my error. It should be a one and a two, but it's just the way it is, you know. It's been a long week. <laughs> so, it's good to have you with us today, and um, we've been talking about thanks living, thanks living. A uh, little play on words, but I think it's a good play on words because really, uh, when it comes right down to it, um, we're not really supposed to just save our Thanksgiving for one day of the year, right? Thanksgiving should be every day, really. And so we're calling it Thanks Living because we want to live that way. We want to live in such a way that we're just constantly giving thanks and praising God and appreciating what he does for us and all of those things. So we've been talking about Thanks Living now. This is the third week, and we're excited about uh, what the Lord has for us today. Um, I'm going to ask you. I know you've stood a while, and so obviously you don't have to do this, This is all voluntary. You know that? It's all voluntary. But if you will, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read this portion of scripture from Philippians chapter 4. Standing for the, the word of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just... Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise the Lord for his word. I chose this verse, this portion of scripture uh, this morning because of what we see in verse six. There's a word there in verse six. Uh, if you could bring that back up, verse six. Um, there's a word here in verse six that I that I wanted to uh, focus on today. That word, Thanksgiving. We're all getting ready for that, right? Uh, thanksgiving. And so, Thanksgiving is a biblical word. It's a biblical word. Now, from the internet, if you're interested, <laughs> if you're interested in what the internet says, the internet says that it means a grateful acknowledgement of benefits from God, a public celebration, and acknowledgement of divine favors of his kindness. Not bad. Not bad from the internet, right? Bible dictionary says gratitude directed toward God, thanksgiving was central. To Old Testament worship, sacrificial offerings were made not grudgingly, but with thanksgiving. And we kind of talked about that last week. If you weren't here, uh, or if you were here, a reminder of uh, either one, we, we kind of talked about that last week, that when we give to God his thanks, his praise, we should never be grudgingly giving that. We should be giving that out of our heart that desires and, and wants to praise his name. And so that's what that's talking about. Now, Thanksgiving is a natural element of Christian worship. And so when we gather together, every time that we gather together, uh, we should be having an element of thanksgiving. We should be having an element of praise, adoration, gratitude, appreciation, those kinds of things for the Lord. Now, what is interesting is when you look at Philippians 4 uh, through through 9, what we just read, you'll see that that word thanksgiving is in there. But I could have used a multitude of different scriptures for thanksgiving because thanksgiving and giving thanks and giving appreciation and showing gratitude to the Lord is in many different scriptures. Let me just rattle off a few. I'm not going to read them. I'm just going to give you some references here. First Corinthians 14, 16 and 17. Colossians 2, 7. Uh, Colossians 4, 2. Luke 17, 16, Romans 6, 17, and 18, Romans 7, 25, 2 Corinthians 9, 14, and 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Romans 1, 8. I could go on and on. The the scriptures are loaded with this idea of thanksgiving, this idea of giving God praise and gratitude and appreciation. Now, Uh, One of the things that is very clear in the Bible is that thankfulness is a defining characteristic of God's people. It's a defining characteristic of God's people. And so when you find God's people wherever you go, you're going to find people who are thankful for what God has done in their lives. That is a defining characteristic of God's people. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, let's consider Paul here. Let's consider the writer of this uh, Philippians scripture that we started out with. We know from history that Paul was writing this letter from a, a penthouse apartment. Not true, right? Does anybody know where Paul was writing this letter from? Prison. That's right. He was writing this from prison prison. Now there's a little bit of debate whether this was when he was, because Paul was in prison a few times, <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of debate whether he was in prison in Ephesus in this portion where he was writing this, or whether he was in prison in Rome. Let me just say this, it really doesn't matter whether he was in Ephesus or, uh, Ephesus or Rome, uh, the fact of the matter is he had his execution hanging over his head. Okay, imagine that. So not just in prison, uh, you know, just biding his time till he gets out, but in prison, realizing and understanding that he was looking at execution. He was he was looking at execution. Um, he is most certainly in prison, facing execution because. He was preaching and teaching about Jesus. He was preaching and teaching about the Lord Jesus, and he wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop that. They, people wanted him to stop, but he would not stop. And so he continued to do it, continued to do it, and he was arrested. He was put in prison, and so he was in prison for the sake of Jesus and his message. That's important. So Paul is in this deplorable condition He's staring death in the face, and he says to the Philippians in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. And there's an exclamation mark there. This is definitely, there's emphasis here. He's saying this with great passion. Now, Paul tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. Then it's almost like he thinks maybe... Maybe I caught them off guard. So I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. You know, I I, I think Paul was thinking maybe uh, we weren't expecting him to say such a thing while he's in prison. That maybe he was thinking, you know what, they're not expecting me to tell them to rejoice because of my condition and where I'm at and what I'm facing. So just to make sure that they got it the first time, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. Okay, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, here's my paraphrase. This is this is Chuck's paraphrase. I don't think they're gonna print put this in print, but this is my paraphrase. I know I'm in prison. I know I'm in chains. I know I'm probably going to die in here. I know I'm in here, and the God in whom I serve is letting this happen to me. But listen to me. This is important for you to hear. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'm going to say it again just in case you didn't get it. Rejoice. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of emphasis there. But I believe that he was passionate about what he was saying. Now, hear me, church. Joy consists of internal stability in spite of external circumstances. I want to say that again. Joy consists of internal stability in spite of external circumstances. Paul was particularly qualified to teach this because he wrote it from a prison cell. That's that's why we can listen to Paul and, and really believe and trust that he knows what he's talking about. Okay, so when he talks about rejoicing and when he talks about having peace and when he talks about having joy and he talks about all of these different things, understand that we are hearing it from somebody who's External circumstances are terrible, rotten, but he's still telling us to rejoice. Here's a couple of things to chew on. This is the one and the two and, <laughs> and the three and the four, but it's only two, <laughs> okay? <laughs> constant rejoicing, like constant gratitude, reflects confidence in God. Constant rejoicing, like constant gratitude, reflects confidence in God. Paul had that. You see that in Paul? As, he's, as we read these words, as we read uh, Philippians 4, 4-9, through 9, can you see that in Paul? That he had this constant uh, rejoicing, he had this constant gratitude, and it reflected his great confidence in his God. That he knew was taking care of him, regardless of his external circumstances. Number two is the path uh, to joy is, actually, is to actually choose to rejoice. The path to joy is to actually choose to rejoice. Paul is telling us to choose to rejoice no matter our circumstances. So rejoicing, praising, thanking God, that's a choice. It's a choice we make. I want to read this um, This quote from Dr. Tony Evans. Dr. Tony Evans said this, and and, uh, and again, Dr. Tony Evans has some, um, he has some ground to stand on here because he, if you know his story at all, he's been through quite a bit he's lost a lot in his life, especially in his family. But he said this, worldly happiness is not the same as godly happiness. Godly happiness is called Joy in the Bible the word joy is a celebration term so Paul is calling for celebration the difference between joy and secular happiness is that the latter depends on what happens it is circumstantially driven so if things are going upward in an upward direction in life you feel up but if things are going down you feel down this keeps you on an emotional roller coaster. biblically Biblical joy, by contrast, has to do uh, with stability and celebration on the inside, regardless of the circumstances on the outside. We must choose to rejoice in order to experience the joy God promises us. It's a good quote. Now, sometimes I think people will get confused at this and think that the scripture is telling us that we can't feel sadness. And we can't express grief. I am sure, I am positive that Paul is not saying that. I am positive that Paul is not saying that. One of the reasons that I'm positive that Paul is not saying that is what that we find scriptures that were written by Paul. Of course, they were, uh, they were uh, given to him by the Holy Spirit. Uh, he, was, he was being inspired by the Holy Spirit as he wrote all of what he wrote. But as he wrote some of the other scriptures, we can tell that Paul is grieved, right? We can tell that there were times when Paul was writing in the, in the, in the scriptures that, that we know that he was downhearted, that he was dealing with some sadness in his life. And we talked about it recently I, when, the, when we had the Student Sunday and, and uh, Pastor CJ pro, uh, preached uh, when we witnessed Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus with Mary and Martha, we watched Jesus, what did he do? He wept with those who wept, right? He grieved. And so we know that this isn't telling us that we're, that, that we're absent of sadness, that we're absent of grief, that we could go through life and never experience sadness and grief. That's not what this is saying. But I believe Paul is telling us that sadness cannot take away our joy because that joy is not based on our circumstances. I believe it is entirely possible, this is going to sound strange, but I think it is entirely possible to be sad and still have joy. The secret is in the verses following verse 4. We've, we've pretty much just talked about 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. The secret is in the verses following verse 4. And when you especially get to verse 6, we are receiving instruction from the one in the, the dire circumstance. And we're receiving guidance on how to have this inner joy and it relates to having peace. Paul tells us, you know what, you want the secret to this, Uh, here I am in prison, here I am in this deplorable condition, here I am facing death, here I am in these chains, I've suffered beatings, I've suffered, uh, you know, all of these things. He he was stoned at one point in time, he was shipwrecked, I mean, Paul went through so many different things, and, and Paul's saying, listen, you know me, you know what I've been through, you know the difficulty that I have faced But I'm saying rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You want to know how? And he goes through this verse 6. He goes through this verse 6 that we have. And this verse 6 tells us, don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer. In everything through prayer. You see, when we get to verse 6, we are receiving instruction. And we're receiving instruction on how to have this inner joy and this inner peace Amidst the difficult circumstances on the outside. And the key is, Paul tells us, to stay in prayer. (laughs) Stay in prayer. Stay in prayer. Keep praying. Don't stop praying. (laughs) Okay? Sometimes when we're going through life and the circumstances get rough... We stop praying. We, we clam up. We clam up with people. We clam up with God. We crawl in our shell. Right? And it starts, when we do that, when we clam up, when we stop praying, when we stop praying, it deteriorates our outlook. It begins to erode our perception. We begin to see only the bleak. And our faith diminishes and deteriorates. And a lot of it's because we've stopped praying. We've stopped talking to God. Paul's saying, listen, don't do that. Don't stop praying. You want the key? You you want to you want an understanding of how to keep this this peace, this joy. Keep praying, pray about everything. Pray about everything. I, I I love the fact that he you know he says pray about everything, um, you know pour you know pour your heart out to God, tell God everything. Do you think for a moment that Paul, uh, as he was in prison, that he stopped talking to God? No way. I believe that as Paul was in prison, that, that he began to tell God all of what he was feeling, all of what he was dealing with. He expressed his fears to God, his failures to God, what made him angry, what was on his mind, uh, you know, all of the things that he was dealing with. His his. I, I believe he, he soul-searched and talked to God about it. I believe that he was just pouring it all out to God. But one of the things that is so important is he gives this key component in verse 6 that is crucial to the joy and the peace, and it is that word, that biblical word that we started out with, thanksgiving, thanksgiving. See, as you're praying, pouring your heart out to God, begin to thank him, in fact, surround your prayer with thanksgiving, cover your prayer with thanksgiving, start with it, inject it in the middle, end with it, put it all over your prayer, thanksgiving, giving God thanks for the many things that he's done in your life. You know, when, when I begin to think about what God has done in my life, it greatly outweighs the difficult things that I've been through. It really does. And I began to think about some things. Here are some things that I'm thankful for, okay? And and you need to decide what you're thankful for. But here are some things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the fact that when I pray, God listens to me. Just the fact that I can come to the Lord in prayer is amazing to me. Seriously, it is amazing to me. I am amazed at times that I can actually be sitting in my car and approach God in prayer. I can be kneeling down here at the stage, approaching God in prayer. I can be sitting on the uh, love seat in my office, approach God in prayer. Anywhere that I am, I can pray. And God listens. God hears. God cares about what I'm saying. Really? I mean, there are times in our lives that we think, does anybody care what we think? <laughs> right? Are you with me on that? <laughs> does anybody care what I have to say? Guess what? He does. And it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's wonderful to think that when I began to pray, when I began to lift my heart to God, that the God of all creation says, I hear you, I'm listening, that's just one, I I thank the Lord that he loves me, I'm just going to rattle through these real quick, okay, I I thank God for his mercy, I thank God for his grace in my life, I thank him for his patience for me, last week I called it long suffering because he has suffered long for me, okay, he has waited for me for a while, Uh, His gentleness to me, God's thoughtfulness to me, God's power, God's authority, God's justice, God's holiness, Uh, people in my life that care about me. I thank the Lord for people in my life that care about me. Uh, We moved yesterday and a bunch of people showed up and helped us. What? That's fantastic. I mean, we have people in our lives that care about us and and I and almost put family there, and it would be true for me, but maybe it's not true for you. Maybe you don't feel like you have family, but guess what? You have people in your life that care about you. And if, you say, if you're sitting there this morning and you say that you don't, well, guess what you do? Because I care about you. I care about you. We care about you. We care about your life. We care about what's going on in your, in your life. people in my life who have taught me, who have mentored me, a job. I've, I haven't had to, to worry about a job for 30-plus for years now. Now, there was a time that I got laid off, and I thought, what am I going to do? And it wasn't very long. God provided. I just had, had to have some patience, had to have, you know, just believe that God was going to take care of us, and he did. He did. Food, shelter, a warm shower. Come on, let's get basic here. You want to get very basic, the ability to put thoughts together. The beauty of creation, animals. I you guys are dog lovers. Hey, that is one thing that Barbie and I noticed that like really soon after we started coming to church here. It was like, man, there are tons of people that love their dogs in this church. Cats, cats, cats. cats. Listen, we have so much to thank the Lord for. We really do. And and I think sometimes what happens is we get, we get so downhearted because of our outer circumstances that we forget. I I, I could do this all day, really, and we we could, couldn't we? We could do this all day. We're just bringing up things that we're thankful for, bringing up things that we're thankful for, because there's so much to be thankful for. You, You see, when we begin to pray with thanksgiving, we begin to see the goodness of God, the care of God, the love of God, the thoughtfulness of God, the grace of God, the plan of God, we begin to see all of these things because we're thanking him for what he's done in our life. We're thanking him for what he is doing in our life. And so that all puts things into perspective. And Paul knew that. Paul understood that. He, he experienced that. He lived that. And I believe that was a huge reason why he could say, genuinely say, while in prison, while in chains, while staring execution in the face, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And then he says, the peace of God will come upon you. The peace of God that passes all understanding. That peace that enables you to experience joy that is unshakable. You will know that God heard your prayer not necessarily because the problem is solved, but because of this peace that you have in the circumstance Have you ever experienced that? I I definitely have experienced that. Praying, 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 God, will you do this? Will you do this for me? Uh, God, will you heal? Will you do this? And and just praying and praying, praying, and and finding that maybe the circumstance doesn't change, but all of a sudden there's this peace that comes upon me, this peace that just tells me and convinces me that it's all okay because God loves me and God has me in his hands. And he's going to take care of me. No matter what, he's going to take care of me. He's going to bless me. He's going to handle everything that's coming my way. He's going to do what needs to be done. You won't entirely understand how you're able to have peace in the light of some of your troubles. You will just know uh, from an overwhelming realization through your thanksgiving that God loves you and he has you in his care. Lastly, um, when, we, when we begin to look at this and we begin to see um, what all Paul is saying, we get to verse 8. Okay. And in verse 8, what is that? You know, because what is it? Finally, brothers, what is true, what is honorable, just, uh, pure, lovely, commendable. If there's any uh, moral excellence, anything uh, praiseworthy, dwell on these things. He said, what what in the world is that? Well, Paul knows how easily our mind strays off what is the right thing. (laughs) He knows how easily our minds have a tendency to stray off of what is the right thing for us to think about. And so he tells us these things. And so I, I really like what it says in the New Living Translation. In the New Living Translation, it starts out by saying, fix your thoughts on these things. Fix your thoughts on these things. It's like you're honing in on them. You're like narrowing it down to those things. You're getting the the blinders on, and, and not bad blinders, good blinders, the kind of blinders that will keep you from straying off the mark of what you should be looking at. Fix your thoughts on these things. So he's telling us to be intentional about what we think. And you have to control what you think. Okay? Do you know you can control what you think? You may sit there and say, oh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Why wouldn't I think that? But how many of us have a hard time controlling what we think? That's where a lot of our problems start, right? Because we're not controlling what we think. Don't let Satan fool you into thinking you can't control what you think. Don't let him think that, uh, or don't let him control you into uh, you putting your mind or fixing your thoughts on the right thing. If you let him take you down that path, he's going to take you down that uh, that path of being distraught. That path and, and he will he'll take you right down that path, and he'll have you park your garage in the garage of despondency that's where he wants you. he wants you to be where your thoughts will be focused on the the thing that is demoralizing you, the thing that will make you bitter, the thing that will cause your faith to, to diminish. Satan wants to take you down that path and he wants you to uh, to just think. I don't know. I mean, I I just can't help feeling this way. I just can't help thinking like this. You really can. You, You really can. Paul's telling you, fix your thoughts. Dwell on these things because he understands how easily we are distracted. Paul says, be intentional. Be intentional. So today... Today you have the opportunity to take some steps for peace and joy, and it has a lot to do with thanksgiving. Not Thursday. <laughs> not this coming Thursday. It doesn't. I'm not saying it has anything to do with this coming Thursday. It has a lot to do with each day waking up, fixing your thoughts on the right things, praising God for the blessings that he's given you. Letting those things help guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus so that you'll have that peace and that joy that lasts, sustains, helps you through the most difficult times of life. I could ask for a show of hands this morning. I won't do it, but maybe in your heart you could lift your hand, okay? Are you going through a difficult time? Is there anything in life that's difficult right now, hard, hurting you, struggling? Don't stop praying. And in your prayer, surround it with thanking God counting your blessings, lifting up your praise to him. And this is what he'll do. I I believe it because I believe it's the scripture. He will guard your heart and mind. He will give you joy and peace. He will change your frame of mind into the frame of mind that will help you to have joy even amidst the difficulty. No circumstance can steal your joy as long as you keep praying. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you. Lord God, as we bow together and, um, Lord, I guess first of all, I just want to say, God, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for your sweet presence. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much and you care about us. and No matter what is going on in our life, that you have us in your hand. Lord, we think of Paul this morning and how he was writing these words from a a prison. Knowing that he was going to die soon. Knowing that he was going to die for his faith in you. Lord, we understand how he could have Gotten an attitude and said how unfair that was. But that's not what we find in him. Lord, we find him saying rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And then, Lord, he tells us about this, this idea of praying about everything and covering it with thanksgiving to you. Lord, we, we just want to be able to do that because, Lord, we know that this morning there are people... In this congregation, in this group of people, and maybe online as well, that are going through such a difficult time of life. And the devil wants to lead them down a path of despondency and discouragement, downheartedness. He wants to get under their skin and get them to the point where they lack faith and they turn their back on you. But Lord, help them this morning to stop and to, to think and to think the right direction and count their blessings and remember how good you are. Remind them this morning of how much you love them, how much you care about them, the multitude of blessings you put in their life.